Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of CONCACAF podcast. We are at the news desk. I am Eric Schmitz. And I am Donald Wine. And we're sadly missing Jonathan tonight. Uh, he is under the weather. But it is Nations League window. Donald, we're in a Nations League window. Oh, yeah. We back. Nations League window. Um, the start of the 2023-24 CONCACAF Nations League is upon us. So we are here with a preview Later on, we're going to be joined by the king of CONCACAF, John Arnold, to talk detailed about some of the great storylines of this Nations League that we are about to enjoy. And yeah, we'll just kind of run through the groups real quick, give you a a recap as to where we're at, what to look for, and some fun facts about each group. Um, We'll try to... Apparently, there's a hurricane going on like coming yeah hurricane well it was tropical storm lee like this afternoon and now it is hurricane lee so now hurricane lee is going to actually probably have some effect on some games and we'll tell you which games could potentially be affected by this storm that is motoring through the atlantic yeah uefa nations league could never you know deal with a hurricane just swing swinging through and Um, look i've we we I, i don't know if you've been in a game that has been not necessarily postponed, but at least taken over by a tropical storm. But I know mm-hmm. I have a uh, World Cup qualifier. Um, we've had plenty of plenty of rain games, but like definitely been involved in a tropical storm. It, it, look, it, it fundamentally changes some of these games. And so um, especially with the wind and the, and just that, the volatile rain, a lot of these hurt. I mean, a lot of these you know uh, islands can handle it in mm-hmm. a way. But this storm is supposed to be pretty big. So yeah. that's really what's going to be what affects things. Yeah, for sure. So we'll run through the leagues right now. First off, just kind of like a, you know, 3,000 foot view here. Uh, league A, we got a different format than the past two Nations Leagues because CONCACAF, nothing, nothing stays the same. Uh, United States, Mexico, Canada, and Costa Rica do not get to have any fun. September, October windows, they are getting a bye to the League A quarterfinals in November. Who will be joining them? We'll get to that. But the U.S., Mexico, Canada, Costa Rica, they all got to find stuff to do these next two windows. Um, They're playing friendlies. Who cares? It's not Nations League. We're here for Nations League. So let's get to that. First off, let's start with League C. Let's, Let's go to the islands. Uh, Donald, can you recap how the format's working for League C this time around? Yeah, of course. It's it's a, you know, in true CONCACAF fashion, they've switched up a lot of these formats. League C is a slightly different format than it was before. Beforehand, it was four groups of three teams. Now, because there's only nine teams in League C, remember, the the four teams that were promoted, there was none relegated to take their place. So uh, there are nine teams divided into three groups of three. Each team will play every team in their group home and away for a total of four matches per team, two at home and two on the road. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is, for me, there's three groups and four teams will get promoted. So the best second place team will get promoted to League B. Mm-hmm. So Anguilla, this is your moment. You don't even have to win a game. You can get promoted here. It's all you need get is some results. results. Get some results, results, baby. And we can have... We could have some really interesting teams get up into League B for the next edition. But for this edition, League C, Group A, Bonaire, St. Martin, and Anguilla are boys. Group B, Aruba, Cayman Islands, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. And in Group C, we've got Dominica, Turks and Caicos, and then the British Virgin Islands, which some of you may know from the last episode of the podcast. So, uh Donald, are any of these games going to be impacted by that hurricane? Yeah, there's actually a few that that are potentially uh, affected by this. Again, when I looked at it, I you know, fun fun story. I used to want to be a meteorologist uh, as a oh, kid, I so I that. used to study you know hurricanes and stuff like that because I lived in Michigan and hurricanes were a thing you know figment of my imagination. We don't get those in Lake Michigan or Lake Huron or Lake Superior. Uh, but having said that. This storm, you have to remember, there's going to be a lot of things that are affected by it, mainly the wind 
Uh, this is supposed to be a Category 4 major hurricane in a few days, uh, right mm-hmm. as Nations League is brewing. You could say that Hurricane Lee is a big fan of Nations League and wanted to experience it for himself. But, you know, that is actually going to affect a lot of these games. Also, the rain and how big this storm is. This is a this is fastly becoming a wide storm, which means it could affect a lot of games. In League C, the potential for it starts on Thursday, starts tomorrow, uh, as we record on Wednesday, September 6th. Anguilla versus St. Martin and U.S. Virgin Islands versus Cayman Islands. Those have the potential to get some tropical storm winds by that point. Now, again, things could change. It's not an exact science, but that's what is being forecast as of right now, that those could creep into play at that point. Saturday, September 9th, the British Virgin Islands versus Turks and Caicos. If this storm continues on its path and is kind of slow at this point, they could be right in the middle of it on Saturday. Now, this could be a point where that game may have to be postponed, like if it's at its full strength at yeah. that point. So yeah. the final one would be on Tuesday, September 12th, the final match of this window in Group C, Turks and Caicos versus uh, Dominica. Turks and Caicos is right in the line of the cone of uncertainty right now. So mm-hmm. we have to wait and see. But if, again, if the track continues the way it is, Turks and Caicos could be in a lot of trouble. We, we don't want to live in a cone of uncertainty at all. No. Um, there are a couple of these games that are not necessarily being, because, you know, it's the way things go. Uh, some of these games are not in Nations League, are not happening in the home countries. Um, just just sticking out to me right now, um, the St. Martin Bonaire match uh, on Monday is actually happening in St. Kitts and Nevis. Um. Yeah, just Nations League. You don't necessarily play all the games at home. But before we get to this, I do want to say happy Bonaire Flag Day to everybody out there. It is Bonaire Flag Day. Um, they're celebrating the flag there, September sixth. So I'll get to that. Holy. Uh, in this preview, we're gonna do this nice little segment called Quick Sips. You know, because you know we like to share share a little sip of our drink what we're what we're looking at for this window and just a quick couple quick fun facts uh for each of these leagues so quick sips for league c donald what, what do people need to know all right so there's three that we have here for league c uh very quickly bonaire we just mentioned bonaire happy flag day uh <laughs> called in leandro martis he's a 27 year old left wing he's had one cat for Curacao back in, in 2012. And now he is being called in for Bonaire. I, I don't know if he's done the full, you know, one-time switch thing, uh, but at, at the very least, he's being called in for this window for Bonaire. He was last with Spartak Varna in the Bulgarian second tier. What do you think about that? Uh, that sounds like a real team in the Bulgarian second tier. It, it's not a real, it's not going to be a real team fake team because they are not in CONCACAF. Yeah. You're the one that said, we don't, we don't do UEFA on this show. I'm just saying Bulgaria second tier. It's a, it's a home of CONCACAF uh, talent. Exactly. Uh, what else, what else we got? Uh, Anguilla brought in Richard McDonald Baptiste from Reading. Uh, he's in the Reading youth system, uh, not yet on the full squad, but uh, Anguilla reaching out with open arms over to England and saying, Hey, you got any uh, citizenship? Come play for us, and they're getting this this young young kid who uh, has some potential with Reading. Yeah, and then uh, look, St. Martin. I that's a, that's a name I recognize. St. Martin, yes, uh, Romulad Lacazette. He is the cousin of Alexander Lacazette. St. Martin is calling him in. Of course, Lacazette is French. St. Martin, French. Everybody here, French. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, my cousin. He's my cousin. You know, call me in. All right. That's League C. We look forward to watching all of those games. Um, Paramount Plus, if you don't have it right now, you can go subscribe right now. Um, use promo code. I don't know if PodCaf will work. CONCACAF might work. I don't know. Just go hey, get enter it. Paramount Plus. If it works, let us know at PodCaf. If it doesn't <laughs> yes. work, don't let us know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up. League B. So now we've got all these format changes. The format for League B, pretty straightforward for this edition. Because we don't have the Gold Cup next summer, which 
League B, there was some Gold Cup qualifying, you know, functions to where the finishes were in previous editions. This one don't matter. First place in League B goes to League A for the next one. Fourth place in the group, League B, goes to League C for the next one. You either go up, you go down, or you don't go anywhere. That's all you got for League B. Donald, run through the groups for us. Yeah, we have four groups. Uh, group A, we have Guadeloupe, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, and St. Martin, the Dutch St. Martin. Group B, we have Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, Montserrat, and Barbados. Remember, Nicaragua was in League A. They got dropped because of a lot of a lot of stuff that they did wrong. Um, they got well, they Concacaf themselves. As a result, they were out of the Gold Cup, removed from there, and they are now in League B, Group B. Group C, we have French Guiana, Bermuda, Saint Vincent, and the Grenadines. Shout out Vincent Heat and uh-huh. Belize. And then Group D, we have Guyana, Antigua and Barbuda. Shout out the Bena Boys, Puerto Rico, and the Bahamas. All right. Um, first off, Hurricane. Are we are we concerned? League B. Oh yeah, we're concerned. Uh, particularly Dominican Republic on Friday. Um, they are supposed to be hosting a couple of games throughout this window, not just uh, in their group, but others. Uh, mm-hmm. The Dominican Republic is in the line of fire and could potentially start seeing wins uh, on Friday. Belize as well. They are playing in Martinique. Uh, so that is a potential for them to put, you know, to get some uh, effects from this. It shouldn't be as bad. They are on the tail end of the cone of uncertainty. But again, if the storm continues to grow, that means that those tropical storm winds are going to extend further away from the center of the storm. And that puts Martinique in the line of sight Saturday, Antigua and Barbuda. I've been there in a rainstorm. It's, it's not fun. Uh, it, I've actually been there in a tropical storm. Also not fun. Beautiful Island. Love the place. That was just the, the, the part that we did. We would have back Bahamas. This is the big one. Bahamas is going to be in trouble. They are, they are directly in the path of the storm. And if it, gets to Bahamas by Saturday or Sunday. They're projecting this to be a Category 4 hurricane. That's winds close to 140 miles an hour. The Bahamas, uh, Nassau could be in a lot of trouble, and they may, I don't know if they're already talking about moving that game, but they might be considering it at this point. And then finally, again, Dominican Republic Monday, they could still be getting some remnants from that. And Puerto Rico also playing in the Bahamas which is, again, a potential for, you know, that game could be moved. It could already be canceled. There could be damage. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, of course, we're we're saying this to yeah. inform people. We're not saying this because we hope that this happens. We actually hope that this storm just yeah. absolutely just turns and dies and hates yeah. Nations League. Yeah. But we have to be prepared for these possibilities. Yeah. Just go up, go around, turn around in the Atlantic and just stay there. You know, you can the, the I will send Hurricane Lee this podcast. If it means we'll stay away. Yes. No, we need to protect nations. Like obviously games could be affected. Travel could be affected. We don't, we don't know. Travel is absolutely going to be affected. I mean, we've seen some of that travel on a clear day, um, you know, between islands and between some of these places, we've seen some of the issues that some of these teams have had with travel over the course of the gold cup, the previous nations league, some of these friendlies, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a major issue. Yeah. Speaking of travel, let's go. Let's get to quick sips because we got we got a sip for you here. Uh, Montserrat had to move their September 11th match, which was home to, to the Dominican Republic. They had to move that to the DR. That's going to be played at Estadio Olimpico, Felix Sanchez and Santo Domingo. So the change in the venue is due to the company that's in charge of transporting people who enter and leave Montserrat like they're having problems there they can't guarantee that they're gonna be able to get the teams and the refs and officials in to the island so they're like yeah we can't have this game they can't get here so they've moved the game to the Dominican Republic um and they switched switched it it. yeah because they're supposed to play home and away throughout this Nations League. So they've just moved the games because of this temporary issue. So Montserrat having to go to the Dominican Republic after att- intending to have a home game this window. 
Elsewhere, uh, St. Lucia called in absolutely united forward Dominic Polion. Uh, he made his debut earlier this year for Stern John's side. And then St. Martin makes their League B debut. Uh, 22-23, CONCACAF Nations League Golden Boot winner Gerwin Smalley Lake was called in for the matches. Also called in for St. Martin. Uh, you know, CONCACAF small. Uh, Imar Court. Uh, forward for St. Martin is actually the brother of Suriname goalkeeper Ishan Court. So nice little family affair we've got going on. And you know what? Uh, I I want to save I want to save this for when we have John on because it'd be great to get his take on this. But I I couldn't happen to note but notice that Group A has three of the Group C winners from the previous uh, edition of this tournament in the same group, which can either be I mean first of all that's it's just stupid luck for the three of them to get promoted. And all of a sudden they're playing each other. And at the same time, you know, two of them are going to stay up at the very least at stay in league B. One of them could be going to group a, they could obviously get promoted and one of them could be relegated, but uh, that's going to be an interesting group. And I'd love to, you know, see what John thinks about that. Yes, for sure. And you mentioned stupid luck. Let's, let's talk about stupid. Uh, Let's go to league a now. (laughs) What you know about League A, forget it. As we mentioned at the top of the show, the U.S., Canada, Mexico, Costa Rica all got a bye to the League A quarterfinals. So they're not even playing matches in the September or October window in Nations League. Um, instead of in the past, we had four three-team groups, you know, pro, rel. Like, like we were used to, it was fine. All of a sudden, it's like, nope, we are doing two six-team groups. And we're going to do Swiss style round robin, which nobody knows what Swiss style means. Maybe we're going to have to have John explain that to us. But anyways, first place in group in league A will go to the CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinals. Second place will also go to the Nations League quarterfinals. The first place teams will end up playing uh, based on their finish and their seating. Uh, we'll play Canada or Costa Rica. And then the second place teams will play Mexico or the United States based on their finish in the CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinals for not only a spot in the CONCACAF Nations League semifinals and finals in March, but also for a spot in the 2024 Copa America. The fifth and sixth place teams in these League A groups will get relegated to League B for the next Nations League. And then we'll do this all again for some reason. So, Donald, tell us about these groups. So first of all, that format is dumb. Um, Second of all, here are your groups. Uh, Group A, we have Panama, Guatemala, El Salvador, Martinique, Curacao, and Trinidad and Tobago. We mentioned Nicaragua being in League B. That was their spot. They switched with Trinidad and Tobago. Here we are. And in Group B, we have Haiti, Jamaica, Honduras, Cuba, Suriname, and Grenada. So, just going, we'll got to ask, is the hurricane going to mess any of this up? Uh, it's Maybe. not as Maybe. bad. We don't know. It's not as bad as the other leagues, but there are a couple of potential uh, games here. Uh, Haiti versus Cuba on Friday. That is actually supposed to be in the Dominican Republic. Again, the Dominican Republic could be in the line of fire at that point. Sunday, Martinique and Curacao take the field against each other in Martinique. Again, it could be out of the way, Martinique, it, you know, a wobble here or there, and it could avoid it entirely, but that's the one to look out for. And then on Tuesday, Jamaica versus Haiti and Cuba versus Suriname. Jamaica is more safe, but they potentially could get have some wind. The one that I'm concerned about is Cuba because they are playing not in Havana, which would be kind of out of the line of fire, but in Santiago de Cuba, which is very much going to be involved in the mix and, and potentially getting some wind and rain. So uh, again, that's a game to look out for. Interesting. All right. Obviously we've talked all about this. Really hope that this weather thing is all not for not. We're not going to have any issues, but just want to make sure that that's part of the conversation uh, for this September window. So some quick sips about league a Honduras. They've got a new coach, an old coach, uh, Reynaldo Rayuda. Uh, he's got his first match with Los Trachos, uh, Honduras, in a very 
good spot to potentially move through to the quarterfinals. Uh, Curacao, their interim coach, Dean Gore, who's the former manager of Suriname. Uh, Curacao is missing a bunch of guys. Uh, Kugo Martina declined to come in. Eloy Room, their keeper, is gone. Uh, a bunch of others. Very depleted Curacao side for this window. Really interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, in El Salvador, Hugo Perez called in Dustin Correa back into the squad. He was a former USU 20 who hadn't been called up uh, since 2021. Uh, Jamaica, they're missing Mikel Antonio due to personal reasons. Uh, a couple injuries, Corey Burke and Dexter Lembikisa. Uh, they're both injured. And interesting dual national panic. Uh, they called in former U.S. youth national team right back, uh, Tavon Gray of NYCFC. He's potentially getting his first Jamaican cap in this window. Um, Donald, do you have anything on Trinidad and Tobago? Well, first of all, Jack Warner sucks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when it, when it comes to Trinidad and Tobago, I mean, a fun fact about them is that Kevin Molino, and I think, again, I want to ask John about this. Kevin Molino, did he retire? Did he just go on like Facebook Live basically and was like, yo, the Federation here is dumb. They're not giving us our money. So I'm done. It was kind of weird how that transpired. And, and, you know, Kevin Molino is just I, I mean, he's one of the the all time greats for Trinidad. He's, you know, has the armband and, you know, was really uh, the the guy that, you know, when you think about the last like 10 to 15 years of Trinidad Tobago soccer, Kevin Molino's all over that. Uh, all mm-hmm. over all the record books. And it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they play without their, I mean, the heart uh, of their team li- leading them on. That's going to be a, uh, it's it's a weird situation for them, but it's going to also be interesting because like, like you said, all these teams have an opportunity to get to Copa America, at least to, to qualify for it. But without Kim Lino, their chances take a drastic hit. Yeah. What was that first part you mentioned again? Jack Warner, did you know that Jack Warner sucks? Because I knew that. I heard that on the World of Concaf podcast before. It's Jack Warner sucks. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a second with our friend, John Arnold, to talk Concaf Nations League. Don't go anywhere. Fortunate, privileged to have an old friend of the show back for this crucial CONCAF Nations League window. Uh, we want to welcome in our friend John Arnold from the Getting CONCAF newsletter and all CONCACAF coverage everywhere. John, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, happy Nations League Eve. Happy Nations League Eve. <laughs> it's always I a- love the way you say that. It's it's like it is like Christmas. It's it's our favorite tournament, and you know, we get to unwrap <laughs> this bow and just under 24 hours. Uh, yeah, I think like real ones will remember, uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time. Like, and I think like the CONCACAF stuff, like thankfully, and, and y'all are going, and, like other people are starting to latch on as well. Uh, you know, I, I, I launched the newsletter back in 2020 for various circumstances, but like back in the day, I was still doing CONCACAF coverage. And I used to do a feature called Conca Claws where I would gift uh, every Christmas. I mean, look, winter's a slow time for national team content. So I would gift mm-hmm. each national team you know, like, oh, a manager who isn't terrible and like a defensive <laughs> midfielder or whatever. So that was a goal.com feature back in like 2016, 17. So yeah, tis the season. Absolutely, guys. Well, uh, there's a lot to talk about. We want to get to like the big stories for the September window because it's CONCACAF Nations League. And since it's CONCACAF, we have a new format and new things to play for because, you know, after you've done one or two of something, you got kind of got to throw everything out the window and start over. So we're kind of doing that. We'll get to a bunch of things, but the first thing we want to get to is we just kind of wrapped up touching on Trinidad and Tobago. Um, 
that's a very interesting situation down there. Do you want to kind of go into what's going on with Soka Warriors right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the critical thing to remember is that it's still a normalization committee uh, steering that federation, which means the decisions are being made by by people who didn't get elected, first of all, the FIFA has kind of appointed. And secondly, often those decisions are being made in an effort to get the books balanced. Now, listen, I'm not saying that federations shouldn't balance their books. I'm not saying that financial uh, regulation isn't important. But sometimes you have a manager in international soccer or, or different people that work in the federation. You say, this guy probably would be better off having a different job and you know, the Federation would be better served by replacing that person. Angus Eve is the all-time caps leader for Trinidad and Tobago. He's like a beloved figure, I think, should be for, for people as a player, as a coach. I don't think he's really been there. And it seems like some of his players agree, right? So Kevin Molino, that was wearing the captain's armband last time around, shared with uh, Wired and Lasana Lieber, the fantastic media outlet, independent outlet down in Trinidad and Tobago, I mean, he teed off like it was, it was an interview where he just said, you know, basically, hey, this guy is not a good manager. I am mad. We were frustrated. And he's just kind of a normalization committee puppet who's there because he's not going to rock the boat. Molino and some of the veteran players are working to secure bonuses. Uh, well, I, just the typical match payment that, that is required or that should come from every federation after uh, this case, it was the Gold Cup. And apparently the pressure came, according to Molino, the pressure came from the manager to, to not ask for more money because the normalization committee was, you know, trying to save funds. Uh, but to be fair, that, that's not the player's concern. It shouldn't really be the manager's concern. In fact, he'd really like, you know, I think at least the players certainly would like a manager to advocate for them and, and to say that they're doing enough work and doing a good enough job to get as, as much payment as they feel like they're deserved. So it seems like that was the root of the conflict and the tournament didn't go well. And it seems like that conflict is only boiled over. And I think to add to problems, you know, Levi Garcia, man, Trinidad and Tobago were a little better, not even a lot better. I think people would realize and recognize this guy as an absolute star, not a rising star, like a current star in the CONCACAF region. He's injured. So even if he wants to come in and play for for Eve, who's still the coach, even though we thought he wasn't going to be anymore, uh, he can't. So uh, I think Trinidad and Tobago is in a rough spot. Then again, you know, you look at their games, they got Curacao, who's also in a rough spot, weird retirements and weird, I'm not coming in if this manager isn't there. So that first game uh, on Thursday, I guess tonight, as people are probably listening to this, sort of the like frustration bowl, but it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird time for, uh, for Trinidad and Tobago. And it has been for a while, you know, I think even eliminating the U S in 2018, calling that a high point, I think would probably be wrong. Yeah. It was a nice moment, I guess. But at the same time, like there hasn't been sustained success for this team in quite some time. And that's a shame because I think it's a country that loves football and it produces a lot of good players. Yeah. Now it's interesting that they're in a situation where they're in League A. They've got a yeah. shot to get through and to the quarterfinals and have a chance at a spot in Copa America. That's pretty huge. Now they're not necessarily supposed to be in League A. <laughs> they didn't deserve it. Yes. Can you kind of go into what happened there? Yeah, that group was uh, Trinidad Tobago, Nicaragua. And I don't even remember who my brain is, is, is just flying through all sorts of flag emojis, but uh, <laughs> they were the two involved teams. And Nicaragua was unveiled by uh, the SB Nation blog covering Mexico. <laughs> nice job by those guys. Hey, uh, one of these guys is almost certainly not eligible. And after they pointed that out, CONCACAF came out and said, hey, Nicaragua definitely fielded an ineligible player, is not going to take part in the Gold Cup, and we're going to take away basically the privileges they earned with this ineligible player. As the Nicaraguan press and other people around the region started to look deeper into what had happened in that Nicaragua situation, they started to realize that not only was the player in question not eligible, a fair amount of players who Nicaragua had been fielding, not like once or twice, but like long-term also were not eligible. They'd been naturalized in ways that didn't fit the country's laws. They'd been naturalized and started playing in, in time periods that didn't fit FIFA's timeline of requirement for naturalization. So you look at the top 10 players in all-time appearances, and there's multiple players on there for Nicaragua who have more than 30 caps, who, at least as far as I can tell, really never should have worn the Azuli Blanca. So I actually think like it's 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 a little 
I, I'm surprised there weren't heftier sanctions. But as you look at this roster called in by Marco Antonio Figueroa, the Chilean, who, you know, I think yeah, has, a, has a great pedigree. Like it was a really good hire from, for, for Nicaragua to bring him in. Uh, this roster's got some differences because there were some regulars who turns out shouldn't have been regulars. And so Nicaragua starts in League B uh, at, because of that penalty with some new faces i did go through in the newsletter that's going to come out and looked at every single player who wasn't uh nicaragua born who's on this roster to see kind of what their connection is everyone as far as i can tell has at least a parent who is nicaraguan which fits the fifa criteria so at least for now with a magnifying glass on uh, nicaragua is playing fair but uh, a weird situation and yeah like i said i mean i think you know if even us right now were to draw drum up a little more anger. I think Nicaragua could have ended up with a much stiffer uh, punishment. They appealed that ruling all the way to the court of arbitration for sport. I don't think the ruling has come down yet. Um, but like, really? I, I probably would have played it cool there and just kind of say, Oh, okay, darn. We're not going to be in the oh, gold it's, cup. It's, it's the standard yeah. thing. When you, when you know you did something wrong, you appeal <laughs> it, it to, as if you to, didn't like, like yeah, <laughs> I can't believe they're coming down so hard on us. Like, <laughs> then they're like, dude, we, 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 we you got off easy, right? That's, that's the standard protocol. All right. I take your legal advice. I know it's not legal advice. <laughs> that so, was talking about. Yeah. So it's funny. You, you were talking about League B and, and Nicaragua now being in League B, Trinidad and, and League A. Looking at League B is actually very interesting. I know we're going to talk a little bit about it, but I wanted to start with this question for you in that with, with, with the change in format, there's there's teams who were promoted, but nobody was relegated. So everybody was able to stay where they are. But now relegation is back. Now that we've, I guess, kind of realigned the planet, so to speak, CONCACAF. Uh, <laughs> is there a team in League B, and it's always very volatile, who goes up, who goes down? Is there a team that you think could be the surprise of the, of the group in getting promoted? And conversely... Is there a team that you're expecting, hey, you know, everyone's thinking really highly of them, but they're going to be a disappointment, not necessarily get dropped, but at least be considered a disappointment in League B? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when when I look at League B as a whole, you know, the groups, I think, have shaken out in a really interesting way. Uh, I think Group D is wide open. This one includes Guiana, Antigua, Barbuda, Puerto Rico and the Bahamas. I think Puerto Rico could go straight up. They'd be, I think, the second team ever to do that. Guatemala did so, but that was because of their FIFA suspension that put them in League C in the inaugural edition. They didn't go through qualification, and they went from C to A in two editions. Uh, Puerto Rico screwed up, I think, by by firing Dave Sarachan. I think they did him wrong, but a lot of the foundations that he put into place is still there. Some of the players that he scouted out and kind of recognized were eligible uh, are still there, and so I think that's a that's a team that that really has a lot of uh, good opportunities, uh, players that they've they've scouted out, and just kind of a growth uh, growth opportunity. So when I look at that group, it's not that stiff. Uh, Puerto Rico now they aren't playing games at home in this first window. That's a bit of a concern. You'd like to have that home field advantage. Neutral site games are always a little weirder, as if you needed any more weirdness in Concacaf Nations League. Uh, but but I'm high on on Puerto Rico and what Urcanasul is doing. A team that'll disappoint, you know, I, I I look at, you know, the teams that just got promoted, they're all in the same group. We might talk about that in a minute. That that one's tough. Um, and I think that Belize is a team that's kind of been riding their luck a little bit. They got a lot of old players. They got a lot of guys who maybe aren't still at that League B level. They really surprised uh, against Guatemala, the, the home game. They, they only lost 2-1 in that March window, but... Ultimately, when I look at that team, it's, it's one where I think they might definitely fall short of expectations and maybe even uh, face the drop in a group uh, with French Guiana, Bermuda, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Yeah. Now you mentioned, and I think this, I think this is the most interesting group in League B. It's Group A. And you've got Guadalupe with three promoted League C teams, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, and St. Martin. What When you see this, what pops out to you? Oh, it's hilarious, right? I mean, it's really yeah. funny that these teams that got promoted are all in the same group. You think, well, I, I guess something's going to, you know, two of those teams are going to have to stay up, right? So yeah, yeah. congrats to those teams that are in promotion. Um, I, I think Guadalupe like, has an opportunity here because 
they are a proven team. And I think that we've seen the kind of, uh, we've seen Guadalupe, Martinique, and even St. Martin to some extent, like these teams that are part of the French setup have really taken Nations League seriously. And the players seem to really like playing for them now that they have some regularity. You know, we used to kind of not know what to expect. They'd turn up to a gold cup and sometimes they would have nobody. And sometimes they'd have like, former French Liga or France internationals. And you're just like, what the heck? And they would, they would have these amazing runs and go into yeah. deep into the gold cup. So I think it's a big opportunity for them. And, and I think it's also a big opportunity, you know, all, all three of the promoted teams look like you don't get promoted without having some sort of idea or continuity or, or good players. You know, there's a reason these teams have gone up even from the, 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 the littlest, the smallest league. Uh, I think St. Kitts and Nevis, obviously, you know, with the project that they have is, is super impressive. The fact that they got into the gold cup um, from that qualification route, even though they ended up losing all their games and getting shut out in every game, the size of that country, um, the fact that they were able to do that, I think is super, super commendable and really remarkable. What Atipa Harris, the Federation president, president, what Austin Huggins, the coach, and what some of the veteran players are able to do. So I, I think it's a big opportunity for, for them to try and fight for that, that group win and look that's that's without even talking you know about the fact that stern john is coaching one of the teams in this group so ultimately it's just mm -hmm. a group that 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 has a lot of uh narrative storylines and, and certainly you know we'll all be uh enjoying that during the, the competition yeah you mentioned you mentioned uh puerto rico being a team that could uh you know at least there's trying to kind of do the direct jump from c to b to a in in, in consecutive editions of the tournament from these three teams in in Group A, do you see that possibility for any of them? Yeah, I, I just think Guadalupe is going to be such a big roadblock, right? I, I I have a lot of respect for for what they do and the players that they bring in, uh, the quality of, of players, and and I think when I saw their roster, like it's it's everybody, you know, like uh, Matias on the forward is in, and like all these guys who are playing in like top top leagues and scoring goals and. Not top top. Okay, sorry. You know, it's like it's talking about like Bulgaria and and uh, and uh, Switzerland, but like you know, top leagues for League B. Um, I, I think it's a good team, and so I just think it's going to be too big of a roadblock. But if if I had to pick one, it would be Saint Kitts and Nevis, just because of that experience they had in the Gold Cup, playing against the U.S., playing against Trinidad and Tobago, you know, playing against these teams that are big and and getting that experience under your belt, I think is pretty, pretty relevant, especially now that you can return home and be in a familiar atmosphere. Uh, it, it is a fascinating group. I just think the boys are going to be a little too strong for, for anybody to, to get promoted, but it's obviously there. Yeah. Um, We'll, we'll kind of leave league C where it is. Obviously it's the same <laughs> wonderful soccer that we're going to, see every window um but we do win, want... question mark yes i mean it's got to happen at some point bonaire and st <laughs> martin they aren't necessarily the deepest squads like anguilla we're we're pulling for the dolphins here uh but focusing on league a where there's more at stake you've got copa america potentially on the line you've got quarterfinals i mean these are big games for these teams to develop their pool before qualifying for the world cup starts next year. Um, what do you see in group a and group B that, especially in the September window that you really have an eye on? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's worth noting that you mentioned qualification for the world cup, every single one of these teams, even the teams that are kind of in chaos, you know, I mentioned Curacao, Trinidad and Tobago, like even those teams are like, man, maybe we can make the World Cup. This is the year, right? This is the cycle where every team believes because the U.S. and Mexico are out of the way, Canada too. So the fact that the, the tournament expands as the three power teams are out of your way has given belief to a lot of these countries, or at least the idea that maybe this is really possible and could we shock the world and get to the World Cup. So I think that's worth mentioning because it is you know this isn't the start of the world cup qualification cycle but it is the start of a new cycle i think and a lot of teams have either new managers or new players or just a renewed energy around the team so i think that's worth mentioning and worth watching 
the thing I'm most interested in in the September window is how two teams take advantage of their enormous opportunity because of the format and then later their enormous uh, disadvantage. That's Jamaica and, and Guatemala, who are both hosting two home matches in the first window. If you win both games at home, you're practically through the quarterfinals, right? So I think it's a really, really big chance for those two teams. And when you look at the matchups, Jamaica's playing a Honduras team that I think might have, you know, definitely a renewed energy themselves under a manager, Reynaldo Reda, who got them to the World Cup more than a decade ago, um, but still have a lot of questions about their team. I think about their defense in Jamaica. We saw what they did at the Gold Cup and how they're gathering steam and have the same group together. And then they host Haiti bit of a mystery box sometimes uh, obviously they can't play at home which is a bummer um this game would be in jamaica no matter what but like it it, it is interesting and then you look at at guatemala a team that they also had a really nice gold cup they host el salvador in the first game i think the atmosphere should be really good for that one central america versus central america and then that second game against panama where panama you know their narrative i guess is that they don't feel like they should have to be here right they beat costa rica in nations league they got farther than anyone else except for Mexico at the Gold Cup, and yet they don't get a bye to that November one one home and home round. So, yeah. in a way, you got to put up or shut up. But I, I think they have a case. I think it's it's kind of goofy that they have to play these games, but here they are, right? So, I think those those two teams, if they're able to take advantage of this competitive advantage, and then I mentioned disadvantage because that means you don't have home games later on in this quote-unquote Swiss-style system, uh, which CONCACAF dropped on us. I've been doing some research on it. It's been around since the 1800s, the Swiss system. So, I, I mean, look, I guess I'm I guess I'm guess the uncultured one, but I was, I was surprised that everyone just kept expecting us to seem to understand what this format was going to look like. <laughs> what it looks like is a bit convoluted, but if Guatemala and Jamaica can take advantage, then they're sitting pretty when it's the October window, even though they have to travel. So uh, that's what I'm circling, just big picture from, from League A in these first uh, couple games. Yeah, and I mean, the Swiss-style scheduling, One, the one seed plays the two seed home and away, the three seed plays four seed home and away, the five seed plays the six seed home and away, and then you've got two games against other teams in your group. Yeah, it's like uh, it, you if you did a round the, robin but didn't complete the circle. Yeah. Do you think this benefits the lower-seeded teams more than the higher-seeded teams? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe, but at the same time, like I'm looking, like I said, at Panama and they've got, they opened at home against Martinique. I think they'll be okay. I mean, their road trips didn't end up being that difficult because then they go to Curacao, not an easy place to play, but again, a team in flux. So I I think, yeah, like I, I would, again, if I'm Panama, I have frustration with how this thing shook out. If I'm maybe Jamaica, maybe Haiti. But like, I I think there's a lot of teams that have kind of fallen flat recently that are in this group that, you know, you could say, well, what have you won lately to deserve this better spot? So I I think like, while I think the format is weird (laughs) and flawed, I also would say if you really are good enough to deserve this special treatment, win your games, it won't be that difficult. You know, easy for me to say sitting here in my home, but... I, I think Panama should be fine and Jamaica should be fine. Yeah. I'm just looking for you to, you know, soothe me and think and tell me that Suriname, there's a chance I could be going there in November if they finish the two seed <laughs> in that group. Yeah. I, I missed the chance. I had the Mexico was there and I was like looking into flights and, and I ultimately decided not to go for the newsletter. So, um, uh, Sorry, current subscribers. I just I just need more of you. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, like, Suriname is interesting for sure. Um, and, I, 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 you know, it's not going to be the last that we hear from them. It's just that when you look at that group, I think it, it does feel kind of like there's – I think Jamaica's 1A in that group, right? I think they mm-hmm. – I, I penciled them into that top spot because of how good they were in the Gold Cup, because of how much talent they have. Look, like – how many times have we had this discussion where we all believe in Jamaica and then we all realize we shouldn't have, and we got fooled again. And, and, you know, maybe it's five times bitten, six times shy or whatever, but I'm in, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to advance. And, and then that second spot does feel up for grabs. Sir, and I'm could easily win their opener against Grenada. 
but then they have to go on the road again to Cuba. They could win that one too, but starting with two games on the road, you know, you say like, hey, the, the, the top seeds benefit. Yeah, those are not the toughest teams, but it's not an easy, certainly not easy logistically. Um, so yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I love Natio's chances. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not a lot of room for error when you're playing four games to get through to the next round against five other teams uh, in your group. Um, well, John, really appreciate you taking the time today. You've got the newsletter. You've got a great Nations League preview that should be in inboxes by the time you're listening to this, maybe. If it's not in your inbox, you should probably go register for your newsletter. Where can people do that? Get concacaf.substack.com. You can also just Google getting concacaf or whatever your search engine of choice is. Um, it should pop up. I'm, I'm putting a lot of faith in the tech barons, but if you can't <laughs> yeah. find it, uh, just email Eric or Donald. They'll, they'll, they'll get you there. Yeah. I'm giving uh, y'all homework. I was going to say, what's your Twitter handle? But I'm, I think I'm still going to say, what's your Twitter handle? Where can people find you there? Yeah, I'm still tweeting. It's at Arnold, comma, John, C-O-M-M-A, spell out comma, no H in John. Um, might be a new social media home in the in the near future. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. You getting on the blue sky with us? No. The people on that? Ooh, no. We're on it. <laughs> we are on it. <laughs> yeah. We're, we no got that is. sitting there waiting for us whenever <laughs> Elon decides to pull a plug. I do have a, a, a y'all have a Discord? I've got a Discord. Yes. Yes. Okay. I've got, well, I want, got I want, a Discord. I won't, I won't advertise my competing Discord then. Oh no, please advertise. I mean it's, it's we just should be on taking Discord. our Discord. How do, you, Discord. how do you find a Discord? Uh you can click the link in the newsletter tomorrow at the end. It's in there. If you really want to be in the Discord, it's it's actually like I didn't really know what to expect. I was worried Twitter was gonna totally cave and I was like, I need to have some sort of way to talk on Kakaf with my friends from the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we made a little Discord. There's like a hundred people in there, I think. Maybe not even, but it's good, good vibes. You know, it's look like if you're listening to uh, to to Podcast, the world of Concacaf. If you're listening to uh, to or if you're on the uh, the Concacaf newsletter, probably not a bad dude. You're probably not like a an internet troll. So yeah, come hang out with other people who are not trolls. Yeah, wise you, man if... once a wise man once said. Concacaf is a vibes-based economy, so having good vibes <laughs> on a Discord is yeah. is is required. Yes, if you're if you're the type of nerd that embraces Concacaf, uh, it's yeah. Tough to be a I troll. mean, here's the thing. Like <laughs> I said, like, and I'm not even. It doesn't matter to me if you join our Discord. Like, it doesn't doesn't you know boost my bottom line or anything. But like, we've got a match chat. So like, if you're sitting there at 2 p.m. on Friday or whatever, and you're like, I'm sure no one else in the world is watching this League C game. Hop in there and be like, what a banger from uh, whoever from Bon Air. And someone else will be there to be like, wasn't it though? And and that's like what we've got going. That's the dream. We got our own little community. We've got our own little region and we're just enjoying talking about it. Uh, thanks again for joining us, John. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, my pleasure. Sorry for I, you. Tried to do like a real professional, like kiss off, like hey, we're talking about your stuff, and then have a great day. And I, I sort it's of not our style, that, so. you know that. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. Listen, we could sit here and talk concaf all night. You're the one that says you've got the out. So I know, I'm man. Just trying to, I gotta trying to take care gotta, of you. Yeah, my wife and I are trying to finish Barry. Oh, Good nice. Shit. Very nice. Good well, show. you better finish that because there's going to be a lot of soccer on over the next five, six days. <laughs> so. Enjoy yeah. all of it, and uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, a lot of fun, guys. Take care. like to thank john arnold for joining us uh always love having him here to talk concacaf because he knows everything he's like he is the king of concacaf media to us so great great to have him on great to see him um donald where can people find you at blazing dw and writing at stars and stripes and also my other podcast focusing on the u.s national teams the usa soccer cast Yes, please 
like and subscribe to the USA Soccer Cast for Donald. It's wonderful. You get to hear his sultry voice more than just on this beautiful little podcast. Uh, make sure you're following us at PodcaCaf on the socials. Please, the one thing we're going to ask is like, rate, review, subscribe uh, on whatever format you're listening. Uh, the ratings help are appreciated. Tell, leave a little comment. You know, tell us how good looking we are or something like that. Um, just leave a nice comment for us and boost our ratings a bit. Uh, you can also join our Discord that John would rather have you join his, but you can join ours, the World of Concap Discord. And you have access to that if you are members of our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash podcast, support our podcast for as little as $1 a month. You could sponsor a CONCACAF podcast. <laughs> Look, you can be on more than one Discord. Like it, I, yeah. I seen it. I do it. Yes, and yes. ours is great. His is great. So join both. Yes. Um. But thank you for listening. Make sure you share this. Make sure you enjoy Concacaf Nations League. Like we have been privileged over the last four years to have so much Nations League action. At some point. We're going to be slowing down the cycle a little bit. It's not going to be happening every year like it is now. So just embrace it while it's happening every year. Because Cocky Have Nations League is better than any other Nations League in the world. So. Damn right. Damn right. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. <laughs>